Hello, howdy, and good morning slash afternoon. Welcome back to The 100 Report. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. And today, we are going to be breaking down the London Spirit Squad. So, how are we doing today? You all right? Yeah, really well, thank you. Um, looking forward to running through this London Spirit Squad. Um, I feel like they, they've only done a couple of changes, actually, but I think change for the better. I think similarly to the Oval Invincibles, they had a couple of players change around, but it really has changed the dynamic of this team, and I'll definitely tell you why as we go through them. But first and foremost, we have to talk about um, the coach of London Spirit, because I feel like he's one of the biggest names in the game, um, and that is Shane Warne. So super excited to have Shane Warne as a coach. He's had a lot of experience with franchise as well, obviously one of the world's best spinners, um, a lot to give. He's also been with connected with the Rajasthan Royals over in the IPL. So, but this is, yeah, this is going to be a big chapter for him to sort of come back, will come to Lords and assert himself as a coach. So super excited to see him in action and see what he does with this team. And just a great player and also just a you know, great character, a good, a, a good person to have representing the 100, I think. I think so. He's got that sort of winner's attitude. You know how he always has this cliche of the, the guy who he talked batsmen into half of his wickets. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, just that little extra something. And if he can disseminate any of that to the rest of his team, it's got to be good. It's weird. We're seeing a sort of a small world scenario, aren't we? Because um, obviously Kumar Sangakara, when we spoke to him, is at the Rajasthan Royals. Shane Warne was also a mentor at the Rajasthan Royals. And now Shane Warne is the head coach of the London Spirit, which is based at Lords. And Kumar Sangakara is now the head of the MCC. So it's, it's amazing, isn't it, how small a world cricket can be? Definitely. And then throw into the mix Mahela Jaiwardna in Mumbai and now he's going to be with the Southern Brave. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all linked. Um, so we're going to start with, um, I think, you know, worth mentioning the England white ball captain. They've got Owen Morgan, no doubt will be captain of the London Spirits. Yeah. There's, you know, it's not, we don't need to say much about Owen Morgan, but we will um, because he's just fantastic. Obviously great to have that left-handed bat. Um, he's got one of the highest death over strike rates of 237. He obviously plays for the Kolkata Knight Riders in, in the IPL. He's just warming up uh, to start the season now. And he does really, really well, sort of coming in at sort of four or five even, just to like explode at the end and sort of let loose. Um, we saw in, in the England series, just gone in, the, in, in India, he came, again came in at about five after Stokes and it was a bit of a shame because because he has got such a high strike rate to sort of come in at five and only have potentially a couple of overs to play with you do really miss out on on, on capitalizing on you know the big scores that he can get under those conditions so I would definitely float him up and down um, the order depending on what you know not have it so rigid depending on what's happened in the first couple of overs I wouldn't want to leave with Owen Morgan not having a bat that would just be a disaster especially with the strike rate of 237. I think you're right there's you know there's a few schools of thought because it's very rare we often talk about you know the batsmen who succeed in short form competitions it's usually one of the top three maybe the top four but Owen Morgan to have kind of sort of established himself as the number five in in short form cricket it's very rare to be able to say, oh, yeah, no, he's a specialist number five. Um, but I think you're right. And you see the power he has. Do you remember him playing Afghanistan in the World Cup? That was when yeah. he hit a record amount of sixes that has ever been hit in a one-day international. Um, having that on your team, 
yeah, you'd want to bat him higher. I, although, I reckon I'd put him at four. I reckon maybe not five. I'd put him at four. All right, we can work with that. Uh, also, just the fact that obviously he is captain. He's had so much experience and he's just so cool under pressure. Like even, you know, even when England aren't doing so well and he's facing quite a spicy media sort of press interview, he gives back as good as he gets and just a really cool icy tone, doesn't let the stress get to him. And that's what you want in such a high competitive game. So fantastic to have Owen Morgan as the captain. We're going to run through the international players now because there's a great, we've got great three players here for the London Spirit. We're going to start with Glenn Maxwell. Again, there's not, you know, don't need to say too much about Glenn Maxwell. Um, the ICC rank him as the third uh, highest T20 all-rounder in the world. He's got a really great economy rate. Um, his average with the bat is 38 in T20 with a strike rate of 158. So absolutely massive. Um, key middle-order middle, middle order player, I would say. Not necessarily opening, but maybe maybe batting at three. He does really unconventional shots as well. And um, he always, always makes it really hard to set the field against him because you just never know where he's going to aim for. He can, he can score sixes, sixes off any side. Next up, we have Mohamed Nabi. Now, if you thought the third uh, ICC-ranked all-rounder wasn't enough we've got the first one here so <laughs> is still um still leads the icc ranking for the t20 all-rounder um and you know i guess we you know we haven't in england seen too much of mohammed nabi he didn't have the most amazing world cup with afghanistan it was more sort of focused on rashid khan but his bowling is what he's best known for um he's got some amazing stats. He had a really good T20 blast a few years ago for Kent. So again, knows the English conditions. Um, he also scored that season 147 at a strike rate of 153. He's kind of an unusual player in a sense that there's no mystery to his bowling, but he bowls really well. Because most of the time, the best spin bowlers are the mystery spinners and the people that can turn it both ways or have got a few variations. But Mohamed Nabi is pretty much just sort of a stock finger spinner. So that yeah. is a testament to how well he bowls in short-form cricket. Exactly. Yeah, good point. Uh, last um, international player we have um, is Mohamed Amir. Yeah. Left arm, left, left arm quick. Um, good to have that pace in there again with the lefty. Economy of seven in T20, and he's had a lot of experience in franchise cricket. Wazim Akram actually picked him out personally of a pace, um, pace training camp that he saw. And he picked him out and he said, this, this player's going to go far. And he really has done. He's got some great stats and quite an aggressive bowler. So that's fantastic to have him on board as well. I think so. It's going to be interesting to see him with uh, one of the senior England fast bowlers. Uh, a lot of pace, especially them two bowling in tandem. But I'll let you, uh, I'll let you lead on to that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're leaving little breadcrumbs. People can wonder who that is. We're going to get to him in a minute. Um, so yeah, we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about actually he was left out. So, um, Rory Burns was in the team previously. Now he's, he's been, I don't want to say dropped because that sounds, he's been exchanged maybe. Uh, Rory Burns has now gone to the Oval Invincibles. Same with Kyle Abbott. Uh, Kyle Abbott also was not, not, not dropped, but just, you know, not, not really? chosen for the I think he was, I think he was one of the many coal packs that have suffered the fate of the coal packs. Exactly, yeah. So it's a shame that he misses out on that. But um, they still kept with uh, Lewis Rees, who's another all-rounder, left-handed bat, um, opening batter, plays for Derbyshire. He has a career best of 97 not out a few years ago for Derbyshire. 
and also quite a good end of, of last season. He got 122 in the Bob Willis Trophy for Derbyshire. So, yeah, he's had some good experience with them. I think it would be great for him to get in front of sort of the, the more distinguished bowlers, the more international bowlers, sort of test himself even further. Um, we've got Adam Rossington, who is a wicketkeeper, right-handed bat for North Hans. And, you know, he's got a decent strike rate of 139. That's pretty good. Um, and opening bat as well. But I don't think his experience goes further than county at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see whether he makes the team obviously useful having that wicketkeeper in there. We'll see if there's any more running down the order. But yeah, him and Lewis Reese, they mostly open for their county. But it's just going to see, you know, when you transfer from county level to the 100, although it's a domestic competition, it's like there's so much at stake and so many international players. It's going to be interesting to see whether they get the chance at opening for such a team. Yeah, we, we've discussed at length the importance of having a decent wicketkeeper. And I think ultimately that's why I was a bit sad that Ben Folks is, is not there because that the wicketkeeper is such a crucial role. And um, Adam Rossington is a fine wicketkeeper. Um, I'm intrigued to see how many there are more because, you know, we're finding this, that some teams have only got like one, one and a half wicketkeepers. But then you look at yeah. someone like Welsh Fire who've got, too many they've almost got like half of their squad of wicket keepers so it's <laughs> an interesting one um mason crane he's a hampshire leg spin bowler good record against the right-handed bat um not great stats again on international level but his back injury didn't help him with that he's been part of the england Lions squad and he was also part of the tour party that went with england to sri lanka mm. um so he's definitely on you know being watched by the england camp quite regularly it's quite sweet, actually. So he says that um, the reason why he wanted to become a leg spinner growing up was that he was just, you know, fascinated by Shane Warne and absolutely, like, really respected him as a player. So I think he couldn't believe his luck when he was chosen for the London Spirit. He's been working very closely with Shane Warne. So that's fantastic. Jade Dernback is up next. He's a right-arm, medium, fast-paced bowler. Real variation in his attack. Mm. And he can reach sort of 90 miles an hour which is fantastic to have some of that pace we've got more pace coming up as well he's also had a great career for Surrey yeah he's um he's one of those players that because obviously he had a good stint and a good run in England I think he got found out a little bit towards the end of his career but he was one of the ones where the, the idea of a short form bowler having loads of variations is a great thing and we saw a run of uh, of lots of bowlers seed bowlers particularly who had those variations. So somebody like uh, James Faulkner for Australia had that thing where there were just, you never knew what to expect for a, a batsman. And I think on the 100 stage, he's going to be very useful. Yeah. We've got Dan Lawrence next, who's actually a local icon player for um, London Spirit. Now we know Dan Lawrence more recently for being part of England's squad for the subcontinent tour. He actually did really, really well um, in such difficult conditions and losing some early wickets he came in and he just really held himself he wasn't too defensive he came to play and um he yeah he did fantastic his first test in Sri Lanka he got 73 in the first innings and 21 not out in the second innings when a lot of the batsmen were really struggling for runs um in that test so he yeah came out with a bang on that one um he does really well again in in shorter formats as well he's he's very promising young young cricketer and he's got a strike rate of 139 in T20. So I think it's just going to be really good for him to have more experience. Um, Zach Crawley is up next. 22-year-old from Kent. We also know him from being an England test opener. Yeah, miss, uh, can, I, can I ask a question? Um, yeah, but, um, 
does that mean that because Rory Burns was the centrally contracted player, does that mean that he's now the centrally contracted test player? That's a really good question. I'm not sure I know the answer to it, but I'm going to try. Um, I actually need to do research into who has been awarded the England Test Centrally Contract Player. You're right, it was um, Rory Burns before. We have Zach Crawley on this list. We have Dan Lawrence and we have um, Joe Denley. So I don't know which of the three has a long-term contract contract with the ECB for test formats. I'll have to get back to you on that, but it could very well be Zach Crawley or Joe Denley. I'm not quite sure. Well, this could be a perfect opportunity to shout out to our listeners. If you're listening and you know the answer to this, why don't you uh, give us a shout and drop us a message on any of our socials. It's at 100report on Twitter and at the100report on Instagram. I'm getting really good at weaving these in now, aren't I? <laughs> that was too quick for me to even shut you down. I was like, uh, yeah, he's, he's, found, he's found a way in. Um, anyway, Zach Crawley had a bit of an up and down tour with England as did many of the batsmen in the subcontinent for England but his strike rate is 150 and average is 31 in T20 so that's fantastic we've got Mark Woods who is oh he's a fantastic player he does so well and recently we actually saw him surprisingly with the bat give the most valiant effort with Sam Curran towards the end of that poignant last uh, one day match against India it was such a shame that they didn't quite get it at the, at the last over but fantastic and um, he always just actually that day he was looking so worse for wear bless him he was clearly struggling with something like heat stroke deli belly I don't know what it was but he was on the boundary suffering really suffering you could see that he was he was you know going through the going through the mill and when it was his time to shine he literally t- you know took that ball and hit 90 miles an hour consecutively got wickets he just he just throws himself on the line each time for his team and I think that's what makes him such an amazing valued member of any squad so it's fantastic he's playing for the London Spirit he's got an economy of eight in T20 now for one of the best one of the best bowlers in the world you expect this golden figure of six for an economy rate for T20 but because Mark Wood is often opening the bowling. He's often playing, you know, in those power play overs. A lot of batsmen score quite well in those first couple of overs. That's what they're there for. But he takes wickets. So although his economy rate is quite high, he, he takes those key wickets. And he may be a little bit expensive sometimes, but it's, it's getting those wickets down as quickly as you can, sort of unhinge the rest of the, of the lineup. So he really takes one for the team in that respect. So I think that's why... You know, on paper, you might think, economy of eight, eight isn't that great for T20? But the amount of wickets he gets, um, in his T20 international, he's played 15 matches and he's got 23 wickets. And in his T20 domestic series, he's played 36 matches and got 43 wickets. So there's hardly a game that goes by where he doesn't get any wickets. And I think that's worth pointing out. I think so. It's worth mentioning that, you know, we look at that golden economy of six, and if you can have a higher economy, then we want you to have a lower strike rate. You look at somebody like um, Liam Plunkett, Moeen Ali, who aren't necessarily wicket takers in one day cricket, but have a great economy rate, um, who tie bowlers in. And you are absolutely right. A lot of this, it depends what period of play you are going to be utilized in because we all know that there are certain bowlers that bowl right at the end and that's kind of all they do so you know someone like Chris Jordan for England or T Natarajan for India they basically bowl at the end you might get a couple of overs around but that's what they're there to do Uh, and definitely yeah Mark Wood opening 
going to be great. Doesn't matter. He can go for 10 and over. I don't care as long as he gets three wickets. Um, we have Roloff van der Merwe next, an all-rounder from Somerset, right-handed bat, left-arm bowler. Yeah, he bats lower down the order. His bowling average is 17, and his economy is that golden figure of six. That's fantastic. And Chris, you have a stat about him, which is regarding him playing for two different international teams? Oh, yeah. Um, he is one of the only... He's one of the few players who's played for two international teams. Uh, he played for... Obviously, he played for South Africa. Um, I don't think he's a Colpack anymore. I think he's just naturalised in England. Uh, also, he played for Holland. Um, is that right? Did he play for Holland? Oh, yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I just put you um, on the spot there, but that is right. That's what I, I'd written down here, but you'd mentioned it before, so I thought you could lead with that. Um, next up, we've got Joe Denley, which um, could be the England centrally contracted player. I need to do my homework better next time. Um, <laughs> plays for Kent. You can call him an all-rounder. Um, England test spot number three. He's had some good franchise experience, actually. Um, he's actually an opener in the BBL and for the Brisbane Heat. There are a few players who are on the internet, and certainly on Twitter in the interactions that I have, there are some players who people just love and they have like their little, their, a little fan group. At the moment, Raheem Cornwall for the West Indies is getting quite a big fan group. But Joe Denley, I think, is probably the most internet-friendly person because, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a hashtag called the, the Denley Meme Team. Um, and there's like it's this slew of players who, uh, of, uh, of Twitter uh, followers and Twitter accounts who love Joe Denley, think it's a travesty he's not playing for England. And I mean, he, he is a very aesthetic batsman and is very good. And you know, me and you have talked about whether he's fully, tra fully transmitted what he does into the international game. But it feels like, from their perspective, the Denley Mean team I'm talking, that he's never really had that big, long, full run in international cricket. But shout out to the Denley Mean team. <laughs> You're right. And I think that it's funny because we, I personally, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I don't personally view Joe Denley as a white ball player for England. It's bizarre when actually he opens for the Brisbane Heat and his economy, I mean, his... Um, average in T20 is 27 and strike rate is 122 so he's more than capable I guess it, with the white ball team in England like where would you, you Joe Root can't even get in right now to the top uh, Alex Hales can't if you know at, at the moment but there's just so much going on at the top um, I just don't see him getting in for, for a while and plus you know he he's one of the more mature players as well. So yeah, it's a shame he hasn't been awarded um, more opportunity with that because economy bowling rate for T20 is, is seven as well. So he is a pretty decent all-rounder. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's going to prove himself in the hundred and maybe he does, maybe he does open, you never know. Someone else that we know that's really keen to get into that opening batsman position um, is Ravi Bapara. Now he came to the London Spirit from Birmingham Phoenix He's a batting all-rounder, but he, he's so good at batting in those death overs. He's quite a good finisher. Um, his T20 average is 28, strike rate 121. And he had a good, really good start to this year's PSL before it had to pause. His, his last two matches, he got a 50 and a 58 not out. Um, so he's also had T10 experience. He can, you know, he can even open or be in the middle order but he's going to prove himself no matter what, because I know he was super keen to show himself for the T20 World Cup coming up for England. I think it's going to be slightly too late, even if you have an amazing uh, 100, to 
sort of get in the squad now because they're so they're so strict with this is our best side we're going to be playing our best side already he's also got an obscure stat that um i think is just one of those weird ones because uh, obviously he had a he played for england he had a, a relatively short test career around 2009 2010 um he scored 300s but zero 50s to convert 50s to 100 every time that's pretty that's pretty great the last player we've got on the list, and I'm so glad that the London Spirit, Spirit picked him up after um, being released from the Oval Invincibles, is another Wood. We've got Chris Wood, who is a left arm, again, another lefty, medium fast-paced bowler. He's got really high action, and he's actually Hampshire's highest wicket taker in T20. So that's great. He's had so much experience with Hampshire. And a great option for joining Mark Wood in, in the, um, with the new ball or even using him for the death overs. Well, this seems quite pace heavy and it seems like the spinners that they go for, they've obviously got Mason Crane, but they've also got a couple of all-round spin options in Joe Denley and Glenn Maxwell. Um, but the pace seems to be the big thing. Perhaps that's the biggest contrast between London Spirit and the Oval Invincibles, given you know, how close they are geographically to one another. Yeah. Um, it's a similar story in the women's uh, squad actually there, uh, there's a lot of pace and obviously you know due to biomechanics and stuff uh, uh, female bowlers tend to be slower than the fastest uh, male bowlers but you know it's all about perspective there's, there's a couple of very rapid players who are in this team but let's let's run through the squad before we get to that um, so the coach is Trevor Griffin um, he is the coach for Sydney Thunder down in the Big Bash League so I think it's going to be great because there's already franchise experience. There's already a knowledge of how these uh, franchise formats are going to work. So I think it's definitely going to help in terms of A, rotating the players and B, making sure that the squad is utilized properly and get some of the, uh, the senior players helping to develop the less senior players, so to speak. Um, the captain, um, not only do the men have Owen Morgan as their, ca uh, their captain, the England one-day captain, the London Spirit have Heather Knight as the London Spirit captain. So you've got both of the England captains who are playing for London Spirit. Heather Knight, she's again, is one of those sort of marquee names for uh, English cricket. England captain. Uh, she took over from Charlotte Edwards uh, in 2016. So she's been at the helm for six years. That's a hell of a lot of captaincy experience and it's going to be working wonders for this team. Um, she bowls off break and is a first drop batter for those that don't know. Um, she has basically led England into being one of the best uh, teams in the world. And especially we went to New Zealand utterly dominated apart from uh, one match New Zealand won that one match and that ended a 10 win streak for England so I think that just shows the level of aptitude her captaincy has um next up we have Tammy Beaumont so another England player who had a fantastic time in New Zealand I think she had an absolutely fantastic time in New Zealand um she scored overall of the format scored 333 runs at an average of 55 and a half that was all against New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand are a very strong one-day team. That's amazing. Shame she didn't get much of a chance with um, the gloves, though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought as well. You know, she is a wicketkeeper, but obviously Amy Jones is the wicketkeeper for England. Um, it's a Bairstow-Butler kind of situation, but um, I think Tammy Beaumont may keep wicket here. I think it depends because we have somebody who's kind of more of a specialist wicketkeeper a little bit later down the squad. 
And I think it all depends on the makeup of the team and uh, how it all gets shuffled in. But it's great to have that other option as a wicketkeeper. Tammy Beaumont, fantastic um, opening batsman. Obviously, she fared slightly better than her compatriot, Danny Wyatt, who, as we know, is at the Southern Braves. But you look at that recent form going into this series, it's going to be great, especially from New Zealand that has sort of similar conditions to the UK. Um, I'm very excited to see what Tammy Beaumont's capable of. But let's talk to, about the all-rounders. So as we're seeing, the men's squads are, if not complete, nearly complete. The women's squads, they vary from one to another. The two London squads are actually pretty complete. Uh, they're still missing just a couple of players here or there. They have two of their overseas players at the moment, and what a two. The first one, they have Deandra Dottin, uh, West Indian all-rounder. Her, her name sort of precedes her. She is a fantastic player. Right-hand batter, right-arm pace bowler. She, uh, she bowls very fast, uh, sort of in the high 70s. So going to be using that pace quite a lot. She uh, is no stranger to winning either. In 2016, she was part of the West Indies World Cup winning side. Um, but over recent times, she's had a bit um, uh, of issues as far as injuries are concerned. So in 2019, she got injured took a long time for her to rehab. And in many ways, having the 100 postponed has worked more in her favour because she's had that rehab time. She's now had some time in 2020 to play. But, you know, you look at her stats and the things that she's achieved. Her T20 bowling average in internationals is 18. And um, she scored over 2,500 runs at an average of 26, which considering it's, uh, she's a middle-order batsman is great, including 212 50s. So, yeah, um, but <laughs> I'm getting on a rattle here. It's actually a very exciting squad, um, and that's probably why I'm jabbering away. But uh, moving on to that, we've got our second overseas player, which is Chloe Tryon from South Africa. Now, again, another pacey bowler. She bowls left arm medium fast, um, has played uh, Hobart in the BBL, now, um, her T20 international strike rate is 140 as a bats, uh, as a bats person. Um, I, always, I never know, as, as a batsman or a batswoman, bats person. We'll go for as a bat. Batsman. Yeah, a bat. I do that. <laughs> as long as they're playing. Yeah. As long as they're playing. <laughs> but, um, but her bowling average is 26 as well. So for your all-round players, those are the type of numbers we like to see but she is known for being a, a ferocious hitter. Um, so much so that she's actually developed a bit of a reputation for breaking her bat. Oh, <laughs> hope she's got a few of them then on the sidelines. Oh, don't like, she's not breaking a bat against like the wickets or the umpires or anything. It's because she's hitting <laughs> her bat. <laughs> know what her temper's like. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, but those are the overseas players. Let's move on to the rest of the squad, shall we? Um, first up, we have Freya Davies. Now she's now she's now established herself as more of a one-day specialist, right? Yes, I think so. That's certainly what England seem to regard her as. She's obviously um, been taken very seriously, and she plays mostly one-day cricket for England. Well, entirely one-day cricket for England. Um, she made her debut for Sussex at 14, so um, she was clearly a prodigy from a young age. She's now got the reputation for being one of England's quickest bowlers, which, as you can see, there's a common theme here. Um, there's three bowlers here who are already very quick. Uh, weirdly mirroring the, the men's squad in that you've got um, yeah. uh, Chris Wood, Mohamed Amir, 
uh, Markwood, you know, pace. And it seems that's what they're going for. Since her England debut, she's taken 13 T20 wickets, an average of 14, and that's 11 matches. So great strike rate there, great um, figures as far as I can see. So next up, we have Sophie Monroe. She's a, a right-hand bat and uh, also bowls right on medium. Uh, she plays for Lightning in the women's domestic teams. Um, she made a debut for Yorkshire, uh, but obviously, you know, there's a bit of a mess since over the last couple of years. The women's structure of the game has sort of moulded itself more into a kind of franchise structure rather than the county structure, so to speak. She has played overseas, uh, but it wasn't in the Big Bash League, so uh, doesn't really have that franchise experience yet. But she's very tall, so it's another acquisition. You know when we were talking about uh, Reese Topley and the idea that he doesn't have to be rapid, but uh, having that taller angle it just adds an extra dimension for the batters to think about. Um, next up, um, I mentioned there was another wicketkeeper in the squad. There is. It's Amanda Carr. Um, she is a, a wicketkeeper all-rounder. She plays across the board for Middlesex, uh, and she moved over from Devon, uh, from the minor counties, to come and play for Middlesex. But last year, um, when they had the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy, she came over and she was a key role in Middlesex, winning the 2018 county title. The best way of thinking of her, uh, of what happened there, was that she was kind of like a transfer player. She came over and transferred herself before she moved over properly. But like I say, I reckon she'll probably keep the wicket because she's a specialist wicket keeper. But again, it all depends on what Trevor Griffin decides is the best squad for that particular day. Moving on, Eilish Cranstone, uh, number three batsman for Surrey, left-hander. So it'd be great at the top of the order, especially when you're thinking uh, about how you balance that top order. We've seen in short-form cricket at the moment, everybody wants that left-hand, right-hand, left-hand, right-hand combination. So you think having Heather Knight, Tammy Beaumont, Deandra Dotton in your top order, mixing it up with Ailish Cranstone and uh, Chloe Tryon, and just, just to keep the bowlers guessing, because that's ultimately what we're after. Oh. She had a decent, but if unspectacular season for the Stars last year, um, with a top score of 46. Uh, but she scored over 100 runs in six matches. So it shows it shows it's still there without being particularly, you know, having a stellar innings or having that one innings that's pushing your average up above everything else. Next up, we have Naomi Datani. She's a left-arm medium bowler, all-rounder. Uh, she's the captain of Middlesex, uh, plays for the Sunrisers, which in the franchise system, the Sunrisers is the London setup. Now, uh, she has a, a batting average of 13 and a bowling average of 30, which in an ideal world, you kind of want it the other way around, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if those are great stats for her to read out, but hopefully she'll be able to switch them over with, um, yeah, with some more games under her belt. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I mean, they're very, the, the bowling average for certain is it's respectable if it's 33-0. If it's uh, um, but again, last year, like Eilish Cranston, she scored 125 runs at an average of 20, which again is good, but not great. But that just shows that it's not that, that she's not out of form by any means. She's just waiting for that one big score, which no doubt is around the corner. We also have Susie Rowe to talk about. I feel like 
her name rings a bell, but from like a while back. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, so Susie Rose, a really interesting story. Uh, she's a right-hand batter. She played for England and she actually stepped down one year before the central contract system were announced for women's cricket. So I feel she was pretty hard done by by that. That's a blow. Yeah, um, but she went off and played hockey. She sort of focused on hockey for a little bit. So she kept her eye in as far as bat and ball sports go. Came back, played for Kent um, last year. Um, she made 79 runs in four innings. So she showed she still got it with a batting average of 26. And that's after a seven-year break. So I think that's pretty good. Um, I think that experience, even though she's had some time away from the game, it's going to be really great to have it but next moving on charlie dean an all-rounder from hampshire um she does play for the vipers in the domestic franchise structure balls off spin bats at four um she got a few not outs last year but took nine wickets um i think she's going to be a useful player i reckon yeah it's, it's going to be tough with that batting lineup that they've already got but she'll probably bat in the middle order um and that'll obviously depend on conditions and things like that but having that off-spin option is useful. And I think that's going to be the thing that pushes her into the squad. Um, next up, we've got Danielle Gibson, uh, one of the younger players at uh, the tender age of 19. Middle order bat, ball seam. Um, now, she batted at seven in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy. But in T20, she's used more as a bowling option. So I reckon if she's getting in the squad, she's going to be getting in as a bowler. And then last but not least, we have Hannah Jones, uh, an all-rounder who was the Surrey captain, um, who obviously got replaced by Tash Farrant. Um, she's also a level two qualified coach, uh, if anybody wants to know about that. Um, I see her in the lower middle order. The biggest thing that I found, and again, we've harped on about this before, it's this idea that major outlets are not reporting on the women's game properly. So Hannah Jones is somebody who gets mistaken for another Hannah Jones who plays up in Lancashire. And again, this, it, makes, it makes a lot of things quite difficult, especially you know, from our point of view in terms of researching, which you know, like, that's not really that much of an issue because it's, it's part of our job to find out who these people are. But in terms of promoting them as a player, it's, it's not great, and I think that um, it really needs looking at. Definitely, because I think that, like, you even go online to, you know, ESPN, Cricket Crick Info, or Sky Sports, because, you know, every name that you type in with cricket, they have a profile page on Wisdom Cricket, Sky Sports Cricket, but it literally is a, it's a profile page with a name, no picture, no stats, no data. It doesn't take you very long to go on Wikipedia or to go on their socials and find a bit more about them even to fill it in from that so I think it's it's pretty lazy from the from such sort of big corporations um, and and such websites that you go to for information they should have a bit more accountability when it comes to making sure that they're you know evenly spread over watching out for data that's for both the female and the men's game yeah I, I think so too Nevertheless, Hannah Jones is a, is a final rounder in her own right, and especially having that captaincy experience amongst a dearth of captains, both ex and current, and indeed international. Um, she's going to be a great asset. Um, again, we're going to see her in the lower middle order, but again, it's getting into that squad because there's so many good batsmen here. Um, but altogether, I actually think this is a very strong squad. I think both me and you last season were a bit like that about the London spirit in the same way as the Manchester originals. Cause our big question was, well, we've got quite a lot of test players 
but is that going to translate into what is now the shortest format of the game? It's, yeah, it's not. right. I think those, those, those small changes that they've made actually really make sense now with the teams. They're, they're a lot more full. Um, and I think that sort of, with all due respect to, um, to Rory Burns, you know, replacing him with Ravi Bapara just gives them that extra all-rounder um, and also just having a bit more um, aggression up the top order when it comes to the bat. Um, I think that's I think that's great. And the same with the women's team. I think as they're filling out and there's still a couple of more spots, you said, to fill, it's making more sense now and you can see it as more of a whole team. Well, that's it for the London Spirit. So- we we'll have to make our decision soon, Chris, if we we're going to support this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll save that for another time. But um, as ever, thank you for listening. If you are not following us yet, then please do. We are on Instagram at The100Report. We are on Twitter at 100Report. And if you're watching this, we're on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed yet, please do. And click all of those buttons that say like, thumbs up, comment, etc. But uh, anyway, that's enough for that. Have yourself a good evening, day, morning, wherever you're at. It's goodbye from me. Bye from me. Take it easy. Bye-bye.